Welcome to the Slice Podcast, brought to you by Jackfruit. Jackfruit brings you the latest shit you don't hear anywhere else. Hey, what's up, dog? Welcome to Jackfruit, dog. Welcome back to the Slice Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. He is a content creator and a YouTuber, and he's currently living in Vietnam right now. Yo, so introduce yourself. Tell me, tell me, how did you end up in Vietnam? All right, what's going on, David and Steven? My name is Hurley, or in Vietnam, they call me Phuc Mop. And uh, I've been living in Vietnam for almost seven years now. I think yeah. September will be seven years. Uh, originally, it stemmed from just wanting to try living in a different country. I looked at all the different options available to me. And teaching English seemed like the best way to get a visa and you know legally live and work in another country. I uh, looked at Europe, and even though it was intriguing, it wasn't it wasn't different enough. It didn't have a, a huge cultural difference that appealed to me. And then moved on to Asia and uh, yeah, Japan and Korea. They're very uh, advanced technologically. The infrastructure is really good. And again, it didn't feel like I was doing too much of a, of a different lifestyle. So I focused on Southeast Asia and Vietnam seemed like the best choice. So where are you, um, where were you born and where'd you grow up? Uh, Florida. What, so, uh, so what city? New Smyrna Beach, Florida, and then went to university at the University of Central Florida in Orlando and lived there for about 10 years. I was actually looking at some of your uh, videos. I came across your videos like a few years ago uh, when I was kind of researching, should I you know, retire in, in Southeast Asia? Because I go to Vietnam often I, and, and I particularly go to Hanoi a lot. I've been to Saigon, I think the last time was in 2016, but um, the last video that I watched from you, I think it was a month back, you were kind of giving us an update on the COVID situation. I think you recorded that back in like May 2nd or something like that. But, um, you know, yes. right now it's it's July. I'm just wondering, how is everything looking right now? Unfortunately, it's gotten worse since that video. I debated putting that video out uh, just because I don't want to come across like I'm reporting and doing my own journalism here. Instead, I try to quote all the newspapers here and use the information they provided. So just to give you a quick recap from that video, last year when it all started, I came back to Vietnam from visiting my family. And that's when school started to close. But we didn't see it as a huge problem just yet. And around April, they did the first lockdown. This is April 2020, and it lasted for two weeks. And after that, it just seemed like it cleared up. A couple months went by, we had another problem. So lockdown a little bit, a couple months went by, another problem. But again, it seemed like not letting in any foreigners and having a quarantine period for Vietnamese returning was going to be, you know, the, the key to, to keeping us safe. And... I'm not sure what exactly started it this last time. I know it had to do with the holidays and everybody traveling around. Yeah, around the end of May, we had the Independence Day and the Home Kings Day, a couple holidays here where people traveled around. And next thing you know, it just blew up. And now we're getting like over a thousand cases a day. Wow. And uh, yeah, we are in complete lockdown here in Saigon. I can't speak for the rest of the country, but we are in. I haven't been out of the house in over a week. Let's just say wow. that. Wow. That's crazy because um, right now, you know, I live in Los Angeles, like I said, and, you know, everything was kind of lifted. And today they're initiating another 
you know, mask indoors now. So, you know, we pretty much have wow. to wear a mask when we're going anywhere. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like we're going kind of backwards, too. But when I was, you know, talking to my friends in Vietnam, you know, they pretty much said life was normal back last year. Right. You know, just like you were just describing it. And then just more recently, I see a lot of the lockdowns happen, you know, so. I've been waiting a long time to go back to Hanoi and Saigon, but I don't think it's going to happen this year, you know, so. No, I, and that's, that's a huge problem because, you know, it seemed like it was the cutting off the tourism was essential, was necessary to get things back to normal and under control. But the way it's looking with these just random out, outbreaks, you know, I, I don't know when they're going to be able to open because they're saying they're going to require vaccine, but still quarantine time, which means say you come over for two weeks, you have to spend at least seven days in quarantine before you even go around. So who wants to go on vacation and spend seven days in a hotel room? Right, right. And then I know like um, the other YouTubers that are you know based out in Vietnam, they're kind of making their way out of there, right? Because, you know, they're thinking, you know, maybe America is a bit better to travel around and, you know, especially those that do food shows, right? So yes. I'm just wondering, are you, are you planning to just keep staying there or are you trying to think of maybe coming back out of there or? As of right now, I, mm -hmm. I am planning on staying here. Even if it stays in lockdown like this, I, I'm planning on staying here. That's not going to make me move. If I ever do move back in the future, it'll be because of family, just right. being away from family for so long. But yeah, I, I did see some channels are making their way out of the country. And it makes complete sense because their content relies on going to restaurants, right. on cooking with locals, things like that. And I've been lucky enough to make enough variety on my channel where if I make some videos at my house, nobody sees any difference They're like okay it's a, it's a video at the house so right right i'm right. set for a while and like just one quick thing that i want I, I know it might take you a while to describe it or answer it but for somebody that's wanting to retire in you know in vietnam any mm -hmm. tips or any warnings that you want to kind of you know give to us uh, i would just say be prepared be prepared for uh quite the cultural difference and that's not saying it's a bad thing it's just saying that it's going to be different from what you're used to. Uh, my mom has has not been over here yet, but after watching my videos and hearing about life here, she was very nervous. She's like, I don't know if I could go over and try that. You know, it, it's very different. And when you talk about someone retiring, I think you just have to be ready to accept, not just to see, but to accept that cultural difference. Because one thing that I've really come to appreciate, accept, respect, whatever word you want to use for it from living over here is how this is their country. And no matter how long I'm here, I'm still a visitor in the country. So for example, if I'm walking on the sidewalk and bikes, motorbikes are driving on the sidewalk and I have to move out of the way, you know, the initial response is to be like, hey, drive on the road. But who am I to live here as a guest, as a tourist, as a visitor, and tell them how to live their life, you know? Yeah, of course, it's not legal, but it's done every day throughout the city. And who am I as an American in Vietnam saying, hey, you can't drive on the sidewalk, don't do that, you know? So I, I would say the biggest tip is just be ready to accept their way of life and don't, don't think that you're going to go and change something because you don't agree with it or you don't like it. So um, you've been there seven years, but... How long ago did you start creating content and 
uploading it to social media and YouTube and stuff. So in 2018, I went to visit my friend in Korea and he said, hey, you know, I watch a lot of travel vlogs. I, I watch these guys in Vietnam. He used to live in Vietnam. He said, I miss Vietnam. And I watch all these guys and the content is interesting as in where they are, but they, their personality, they are not interesting. He said, so I think you should start YouTube. And I think you could make a hit because your personality is so different from everybody. And you put an interesting touch on it. And he actually gave me his MacBook. He, he, donated his MacBook to the cause, said, you can edit videos on this and go back and get started. And I said, all right, you know what, I'm going to go. So the first video came out right around January 1st, 2019. And I just told my wife, I told her family, I said, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to be the most known creator in Vietnam. Like I'm going to make sure that People know who Fukmap is, and I have an impact on people's lives. That's so cool! Wow, that's inspiring. A lot of people will, you know, we get messages all the day, all, all the time, and just people that they say they're gonna do things and they don't do it. But wow, you really took a step and really tried to do something, and now you're doing it. You're almost you. at about what half a million subscribers on YouTube, and you know, right now, what is what is your most popular video that you can think of that people are like? The most so if I Take a look on the channel right now. Uh, the biggest video was one I didn't even intend to make. I was actually collaborating with Kudom um, Tap, uh, a creator here, and we were making a couple of videos. And he said, "Hey, you know, I know uh, Yuin Yut, who's like the most famous Muay Thai fighter in Vietnam, fought for one championship and holds world titles. And you know, I, I'd met him before being a boxing announcer, but I wasn't really, you know." friends with him. So we go to his gym and they're like, Hey, you should make a video too. And I said, ah, I'm just here to help you guys. I don't, I don't need to make a video. And they said, no, make a video and you come in and challenge us. And I said, okay, no script. I'm just going to be really rude. I'm going to say everything in Vietnamese in a very rude way. Don't get offended. And we filmed it and man, it, it's up to almost 4 million views. Now it blew up. Wow. That's pretty cool. What at life as a content creator, how do you plan your videos or like structure? Like, a, do you create any content calendar or like, or is it just kind of like you're in a wing as you go and ideas come? Uh, both, both, I would say. Yes, I have a calendar and yes, I have plans for videos coming out. And I always film in advance. And luckily, like, for example, in the lockdown, you know, I have probably another 12 videos that are already filmed, ready to be edited and put out, you know, and I wouldn't have to film anything for three months. But yes, I, I try to think, so I'm not, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar. The video that I went viral with was the whole creation of my character for the Vietnamese audience, for the Vietnamese community, where it's a, a sort of a foreigner here who wants to fit in, who wants to be a part of society and speaks Vietnamese, but doesn't really understand the customs. He gets them wrong all the time. And that was where it all came from. So when I started with that, I try to continue that character where I speak Vietnamese, but I just happen to get everything wrong every time in a friendly way, but end up just being so confident that I'm right, that it makes it kind of humorous. Gotcha. That, that makes so much sense. Cause I, cause I, I don't, you probably speak better Vietnamese than me. So I, I'm, I'm born in America in the eighties. Every year that I like, 
passes, I'm losing my Vietnamese, my language, and I can't, I have a frustration talking to my parents, right? And mm -hmm. it's just very difficult to really communicate. And so when I watch your videos, I'm like, okay, I can't understand it. <laughs> and, and, and it's bad, you know, like, but when you're, I'm probably like, you're, you're probably like, what, what percent would you say you're, you're fluent in, in Vietnamese? That's a tough one, uh, because in terms of reading and writing, I feel like I know so many words from slang to written to formal. I feel like I know a lot. But when it comes to speaking, my voice is a little weird. And when it comes to listening, it just depends on the voice. If they're from Hue or they're from uh, Hanoi and they speak really fast, it's more difficult for me to pick up. But if it's someone in Saigon, then, you know, I, I feel good. So percentage wise, I would say about 80 percent I, I would say i mean the fact I, i've been on quite a few tv shows and there's no real script and they just talk to me and i'm able to understand and reply and make it funny so I, i'm confident in it but there's definitely room to grow i'll say that much have you ever, uh, have you ever played around and like pretended you didn't understand what they're saying and you just kind of listen to people <laughs> yes yes and that's that's the sad part about the lockdown is that I had a lot of plans uh, to move into more of a, a prank video uh, kind of appeal. Uh, there's a YouTube channel that I collaborate with in Hanoi, and they're called uh, Hang Somtai, The Western Neighbors. And they do a lot of troll videos where they go out and they speak English with Vietnamese on the street in Hanoi. And they, they act like they don't know, and then they switch to Vietnamese, and the people are like, oh, you know, and it's it, it's... I say prank, but it's a very friendly, very lighthearted prank. And I had plans to do this, but we've been ha having the, the mask mandate for so long where right. if I'm filming undercover video and you can't see the people smile, it's not as funny. You know, if you're wearing a mask, it's not as funny. So right. that was what I intended to branch into for a majority of my content. It's just like public trolling with that idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen some like where there was a Chinese speaking uh, white person and it just trips the heck out of everybody that's like local too. But you're right. You do need to see the facial expression of the people, right? And that's the funny part mm -hmm. of it. And like uh, even before I was going to ask you, I was just going to be like, so how about you speaking to a Vietnamese American in Vietnamese? You, you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like anything uh, you want to toss to David in Vietnamese and David, anything you want to toss back to him? <laughs> Let's try it. So, đó, đó là một điều về nước Mỹ có nhiều người Việt ở Mỹ lâu làm rồi khi Phúc tham gia đình ở Mỹ đi đi vào tiệm nail ở Mỹ and bắt đầu nói tiếng Anh nhưng mà thay đổi tiếng Việt luôn and tất cả mọi người rất là ngạc nhiên. Wow, hey, something about nail salons and people come to America or something like that. Yeah, they, they see how bad, like, that's what uh, I'm very sad about is that I can't understand it, and then it's very frustrating. And so I think probably the next year or two, I want to like really take time to develop my skills because I don't want to lose this what we mm -hmm. have, this culture, these roots, right? Absolutely. And if we lose it, if we lose it, it, it disappears. One day when I have a kid, then I want to pass it on, and you know, I, like like you're you're like you're you're this living. You know, like this thing that's spreading new cultures and creating awareness about different, educating people about different ethnicities and roots out there. So, David, that's the second part of my channel where it's like, first and foremost, I love to make people laugh. I want to make something where people watch and they go, 
what was that? And they, they puts a smile on their face. But second is what it's become is uh, a language learning tool where I have Vietnamese here who, let's say they, they mentioned a cousin in America, born and raised in America, Vietnamese, similar to your situation where they say, my cousin learns Vietnamese on your channel. And to me, that's just mind blowing where I'm like, what? Yeah, that's crazy. Vietnamese, but that's why every one of my videos has English and Vietnamese subtitles on the bottom. So anyone that speaks English or Vietnamese can enjoy and then learn the other language. And the second sub part of that second part is, I think in America, a lot of Americans, I think it's like 40, 46% don't even have a passport and they've never been to other countries. Yeah. And this idea of cultural appropriation like blows my mind where it's like, you know, a girl wore a, uh, um, a kipao from China to prom and she's not Asian. And people are like, well, you're stealing my culture. But if you look at it, it's probably not in a malicious way. Yeah. Whereas like me living here, I wear an aoyai, I go walk on the street and people love it. They want to take pictures with me. They ask me about my time in Vietnam and I'm not doing it to be mean, to behave. I'm doing it to appreciate the culture. Yeah. And I think there's a huge difference that people in America, especially don't understand between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. That's one topic I, I hate because I get, sometimes we get sent like these, these, oh, look at this black girl wearing this Chinese outfit or look at like um, Kim Kardashian's mom wearing the Vietnamese aoyai. And it's kind of like people, uh, whenever we talk about that cultural appropriation topic, it's always kind of like 50-50 borderline with people. And to me, like, I think why not share these cultures and why not influence people to learn more about different things that are happening around besides your own, you know, mm -hmm. your own corner that you're in. So have you ever got any hate or people are like saying, oh, look at this, this white dude talking in this Vietnamese thing? Yeah, it, it, there's two subtopics with that. Um, and one, the first one I talk about is in my profile picture, I have the, the non-la and I kept that up and I knew it could cause problems in the future, but I kept it up because the people that have common, which have been very few and not Vietnamese in Vietnam, it's like, all right, so I've lived in Vietnam seven years. I married into a Vietnamese family. I live in a house with a whole Vietnamese family and outside of my wife, nobody speaks English. Uh, they gave me the non la. I've been on multiple TV shows here and had my own TV show in Vietnam where they made me wear the non la. And you know, I've, I've immersed myself in this culture. So if anybody could wear it, why can't I? And if I can't wear it, then basically you're saying every culture is only for people in that culture. And it blows my mind. So I leave it up where it's like, hey, how are you going to argue? They put me on national television wearing Al Baba and the non la, and everybody loved it in Vietnam. But outside of Vietnam, you're going to say, oh, that's racist. Like, I think, yeah, I think it's so stupid that, that people get mad about it. But I think like, hey, we're all here to learn about different roots, different cultures, and really experience what life is about. Because life out of this, this globe in America, you know, a lot of people look into America, but the people in America, they're not looking out, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and David, and, after this is all over too, I think we need to make a trip out to Vietnam. Sure. Taking you. I hope so. Next year. Yeah, we we're gonna come and we're gonna meet you in Vietnam. Yeah, we're gonna free, meet you in free Vietnam. Free tour guide service for you guys. <laughs>
seriously. Um, I've missed, I mean, I go to high, I've been to Hanoi like almost every year before the pandemic. And um, I've meaning, I've been meaning to, you know, make my way back to Saigon. So yeah, definitely David, uh, we should hit him up when we get there. So practice your Vietnamese as well too. And um, real quick, uh, you want to tell David like the differences of nightlife compared to Vietnam? I don't know if you still bask. Wow. Yeah. In the Vietnam, compared to like America in terms of the nightlife? I have an interesting perspective on it because I used to be a bartender in Orlando, Florida. I spent maybe uh, five years working in a bar. And to go from that to over here, the difference I think is uh, the liquor. And mm -hmm. I, I tell people this where we have to help drunk people that are passed out out of the bar every night because they're just slamming liquor. When here, although they have liquor, they have rice wine, the majority drink beer. And I know for myself and many others, I can drink 20 beers. I'll be very intoxicated, but I, I will remember the majority of what happens. So I think over here, even though people get drunk and do crazy things, I think the nightlife in America is, I don't want to say encouraged, it's influenced by the amount of liquor that is used. So I say people in America get crazier. Now, as for nightlife in the clubs here, that's it's interesting. I, my wife, she owned a wanyo, uh, like a beer drinking uh, restaurant. So I spent every night for two years in a wanyo as the only white guy. And I got to watch and hear all the uh, noibai, all the cursing in Vietnamese and see a couple of fights. And, but it, it was nothing. It was so mild compared to working in a bar. Right. And, I heard about back then, like maybe 10 years ago, there is a lot of fake liquor in Vietnam. Have you heard of or, or experienced anything like that? For sure, for sure. Especially on uh, on Bui Viet, the uh, Backpacker Street. Um, there, there's been times where I would be down there and you drink Jack Daniels. You see them pouring it out of a Jack Daniels bottle and you said, that's not Jack Daniels. Like, I know what Jack Daniels tastes like. I can drink that straight up warm and I know that taste. That is not, and they go, oh, yes, it is. Oh. But when you see the amount of people down there that are drunk and, you know, from all over the world, fake liquor was a big deal on Bui Viet. Now, in terms, I've heard of going as far as in the supermarket, you know, them drilling out the bottom of a bottle, replacing the liquor with rice wine, you know, but I, I, I stopped drinking liquor over here. I, there was only a short period of time I drank liquor, and that's before my wife and I started dating seriously. Since then, just beer here and there. But luckily, my wife doesn't really drink, so it encourages me to not drink. David, uh, we definitely need to make our way back to yeah. uh, <laughs> as soon as this thing's all over and stuff. I know you kind of touched on some of the you know other projects that you were thinking of, but um, anything in the works now? Any new projects that you're working on now that you'd like, like to uh, share with us? As much as my channel is comedy and language and culture, um, I have become fascinated with filming and gear for filming, camera gear. And I, I'm watching all these review and tutorial channels and they get all this free stuff from all these companies. And I said, you know what, I, I could do that. I have enough reach now, I could do that. So I started uh, emailing every camera and camera gear company. And uh, luckily a lot of them have responded such as Deity Microphones. They've sent me three microphones. Insta360 sent me a camera, uh, Sony Vietnam let me use a camera, and now I have a collaboration coming up with Nanlite, which does filming uh, lights, and I'm going to make some things at home 
using their lights and creative spins on things. Uh, like for example, tonight I'm supposed to film a video where an alien comes down to Vietnam, meets me first, you know, comes to my house <laughs> and then I give him some Vietnamese food and he's like, whoa, dog, whoa, chill, chill. Like, uh, and I'm going to use their lights to make it kind of creative and dramatic and everything. So that's we'll cool. See. I subscribe to your channel, so I'll definitely be looking out for that. Thank you. Thank you. And yep. that's uh, when it opens back up again. I just released a video this morning where I go in and challenge a, a Muay Thai, another famous Muay Thai fighter here. He beats me up and uh, there's a couple well-known boxers and Muay Thai fighters here that I'm friends with through my boxing announcing career if you want to call it a career and uh when the lockdown's over i have more of those it's like coming in their gym you know kind of running my mouth and then they basically just beat me up are, are there any one fc fighters in vietnam yes so the arm wrestling video yuin yet he owns number one Muay club he's a one fc fighter and then my original gym that i started training at saigon sports club oh I've been involved with them for a long time uh, yeah and they have Plenty of fighters. Have you met Chris Liu? Yes. Oh, good buddy of mine. That's my boy. I have, I'm I'm going to meet him probably right when I go there. Hopefully by next year. But yeah, I've been I've known him for a, a, quite a long time, and he's from the Bay Area too. So yes, he and he's friends with everybody. He knows a lot of people, but he has always been uh, so kind, respectful towards me, and giving me a lot of opportunities. You awesome. know, every time that gym has a boxing match. Uh, the first WBA Asia championship in Vietnam was at Saigon Sports Club. And they said, hey, we want you to be the announcer. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Oh, wow. Great. Oh. So um, I've got it. I've gotten a lot of opportunities through them. Awesome. That's amazing. Yo, well, hey, thank you for making the time out today. And, you know, we're so glad to be able to connect with you. And I'm looking forward to meeting you in person when we get to Vietnam. So make sure you guys subscribe to this YouTube channel and follow on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to The Slice.